Welcome to season two, episode 12 of Sports Banter with Mr. Peanut and the Polar Bear. <laughs> you know what? Throughout the gates, love the shirt. Absolutely love the shirt. San Diego Enforcers. What's that all about? Uh, law enforcement football team I used to uh, coach for um, based in San Diego. It's made up of, um, like I said, law enforcement, first responders, military guys. And that's, that's beautiful. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You used to those, games, huh? those, ga- those games are at Cathedral, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we were at Cathedral the two seasons I was there. And then kind of towards the tail end, we started playing games at Kearney. Um, yeah, I coached for them for four seasons. They're underneath the semi-pro bracket, which is pretty cool. So I love it. Yeah. It's a great shirt at the at the end of the day as well. But look, sports banter. Uh, if, you, if you popped into our last episode, yes, my shit was backwards, but that's kind of me in a nutshell. So that's it's all right. At least you have it. I don't even have it. Yeah, it takes it takes me one episode to get it going, and now we're here. Yeah, of so course. if it turns out backwards again, I look like a fool. Then hey, we'll try it again. It. And that's look. I'm just gonna keep trying to we're right side up, and that's just kind of how I've lived 28 years of life. So there you go. Bingo. But all right, Polar Bear, we got a lot to get into. Uh, you know, March Madness at the forefront of our minds. I'm officially dead in every bracket, in every combination that could have happened. Um, I'll put it this way. So I went to draft down at Mission Beach. Oh, nice. Watched the, watch the, uh, the first part of the Sweet 16. Got and it. Um, I'm going, okay, I need – this team to win, so basically Michigan, Texas Tech, vir- virtually any every team that lost, I yeah. had to have win. So to not have any of them win, that's just how that goes. I mean, that was the official. That's March Madness. Get out of here, dude. You're you're in, in the way back. So you know it didn't go my way this year, but look, I'm just gonna be in the lab until next March and figure out what the hell went wrong. But that's where I'm at. Hey, you know, uh, for how many brackets I made this year, which is the most I've ever made, I made six. And um, I'm only good in one. And I have no idea how I'm still even in the conversation of winning the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> I think I'm in sixth, which, hey. You that's know, pretty good. If I even if I stay at six, I, I'll be honest. I that uh, bracket itself, I didn't really pay attention to. I think it was like my last minute bracket, and I was just throwing yeah, stuff out there. Exactly. It's now succeeding, and <laughs> again, it's kind of like what we talk about. What we talked about right leading up to March Madness was, you know, you could do the research as much research as you can do, and it can still not work out in your favor and then you can be like me like almost all of everyone else just hey let's just pick this pick this pick this and then be in the running (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly my life I, i tried to put the time in to put the research in and to know players names and look where it gets me completely destroyed in every facet <laughs> it's a letdown that's what it is but that's like honestly that's what makes it so good is that it's just impossible to figure out what the hell is going to happen but the most maddening thing 
is so the final four uh duke unc villanova and kansas those are all pickable items they and are. that's what kills me polar bear it's like yeah. how can i not that's it's not that obtuse if you will no. you saw the writing on the wall you knew they were there you <laughs> decided not to pick them that's 100 percent. the only one you could really make a case for that was unique was north carolina but the way they're playing that they're, they're playing like a one seed i i agree that was that I don't, I don't know. I, I, that was, I, I would say that is your dark horse there. You know, just, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I did not think they were going to beat UCLA and. Right. They I thought it'd be a, a much closer game than it turned out. Yeah. To be. I mean, they, they threw UCLA, like they, they were throwing punches at UCLA. So again, I mean, I, I, right. again, what the hell you madness. Do? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Let's uh let's dive in to what everyone wants to talk about, and that's what we, me and you, want to talk about. St. Peter's, first of all, in the Sweet 16, beating Purdue. I mean, you gotta be kidding me, right? I thought there was absolutely no way. Forget the you know the 15 seeds never made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Forget. I'm just going sheer size. The Purdue Purdue center is seven foot four, seven foot three. You need like a baseball bat just to break his knees to play against him. So, <laughs> and even then, he'd still be taller than you. And that's what I mentioned last week of how they're going to defend him. And the literally first play of the game, they threw it right into him, dunk, slam dunk, and I go, "Yep, this is going to be ugly." Yeah. But then St. Peter's went right down, and you know they're just. And every game they won, they had such an electric offense going on in those yeah. games, and they responded to every haymaker that was thrown their way. And you could argue Purdue and St. Peter's was one of the best games of the entire tournament. Um, obviously, it came down to the wire at the end there with the uh, Purdue guy missing the three and uh, oh, St. Peter's being clutched just... with the free throws. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking once they were down three at the half, I'm going, oh, my God, they have a legitimate chance in this game. How? How do they have a legitimate chance? It makes no sense. I thought Purdue and, – and, and, look, my basketball knowledge is very minimal, but I thought Purdue just <laughs> no, – no, Don't put yourself down. Yeah, you know me. Um, <laughs> I thought Purdue just wasn't I, – I don't know. They weren't playing the way I, I, I thought – Here's a better way of putting that. The way Purdue played was, I think they played a little too lax, if you will. I don't think they played a very good game. Um, oh, I can't remember who they played before that. I can't think of that off the top of my head. Um, but just the way they played against um, St. Peter's was not the same Purdue, I think, that we expected and that you expected, like you said. But I think the biggest thing, I think the the way that game played out and in the end when it came out for that, I mean, when that three was shot by Purdue, I'm going – My heart sank. Oh, my God. And honestly, I, I the first thing I thought of was, man, he could have set up just a little bit longer to take that three, and he probably would have made it. Now, for how that game was going, if they were to go into overtime, I, I think – who wins is I don't I don't have an answer for you. I yeah. I want St. Peter's to win, but you know, 
Yeah. And I mean, to your point of Purdue looking lax, I'm not sure if it was lax or so if, if it was lax, then, you know, they're not respecting the opponent, which you could obviously deduct is, you know, you're this huge big 10 school. Exactly. This Cinderella team really doesn't belong in the same court as you like logistically, they probably don't. Um, But that's how St. Peter's in every game that they've won. I feel like that's the recipe for them is that they come in disrespected and then they play pretty well. And now the other teams, you know, tensing up going, how the, well, what the hell is going not, on? How are we not. only up three and a half? You know, if you're Kentucky in that first game, you're going, what the hell is going on here? Who these, is Doug? These nerds from New Jersey are crushing us. Yeah. But that's, that's Kentucky thinking that. I don't think they're nerds. No. Um, and that's so, you know, and then as, if you're St. Peter's, you're growing that belief of, hey, this is another one of those games that we're in. And, you know, they're going to have to beat us. We're not going to beat us. And that's exactly what we saw in that Purdue game. I mean, I was, you know, sweating it out. I became a huge Peacock guy, obviously, yeah. like most of the world. And it got to a point there in the second half where uh, Purdue started really getting it in the paint, and they went up four, I believe. And St. Peter's had missed a few shots, and I'm going, I think this is the turning point of, you know, they're probably just out of made shots, and Purdue's just kind of, you know, brute like brute strength beat the yeah. but that wasn't the case and St. Peter's kept responding with uh made buckets and free throw line you know huge huge free throws at the end of the game that they had to make and they did um but yeah I mean that guy at the end there misses the long three by a little bit but I mean it hit the St. rim Peter's and I'm going, oh it's going in once it hit the it rim, looked like it honestly up, I go this is how it's going to end. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was ready to be destroyed uh, emotionally from that yeah. three-pointer and to have to go right back, you know, yeah. in the tank for overtime That's and right. give it everything I got. You know, forget <laughs> the peacocks. Like, I'm sweating over here. That's right. You got to dig deep at that point. But he missed it. And, I mean, the celebration in that – because it was in Philadelphia, the game, so it's not even that far away from the school. So – I can't imagine the vibe around that arena. Yeah, I, I think I think the end of that game and just how the game played out towards the end there, you know, the miss of the three and just getting that close to – I mean, you could see their whole bench for St. Peter's. Like, oh, yeah. boys, are, we're almost there. We're almost – oh, boom, you know, and then that just electrifies. And, again, you talked about it too. It's just this energy that St. Peter's had through that game and – you know, through their their uh, little their little stint in March Madness, I, I, I you know, I'm. It's it just a, it was an amazing game for them. I mean, to win that game against a big ass school like Purdue, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible moment, and I was really really hoping that they would keep it going versus uh, North Carolina, yeah. but it kind of seemed like they kind of just ran out of gas you know what I mean like yes. North Carolina and credit North Carolina they played them as x and o wise as I've seen St. Peter's yeah. be played and it was very just we're going to use our ability to execute and if you're better than us at that then so be it but we're going to play our game and let's see if you can play North Carolina basketball I mean and, I think- you know St. Peter's uh started out the game extremely cold so it put them in a really yes. bad spot early which they hadn't done the entire tournament. No. 
So it completely changed the context of, well, you know, now we're down 15 and we got to respond now. And North Carolina is going, this was put our foot on the gas pedal and end this thing early. And, you know, you hate to see it end like that, but just an unbelievable run. And you're playing so many games in so little of time too that, you know, who who is to say, you know, they it was literally the emptying of the gas tank or North Carolina just had a day and they didn't. Yeah, I think I think uh, the score of that game kind of di- kind of represents how that game went on. You know, St. Peter's just kind of oh man, we gotta come on guys, like let's pick it up, let's try and figure out. You know, and, and, and again, think of think of that the whole outside of your team March Madness atmosphere, right? I mean, you're a team that should not be here. And that in itself, I mean, look, that, 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 that enters into the locker room at any, any person. And you could see that just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I think a good way, I think of the way you put it is this, they ran out of gas. I mean, they were putting, putting it all out there for their first three games and they pushed, they pushed real hard. And then it just got to a point where, you know, UNC, a team that's been there, that knows what they're doing, they, they, exactly. they're experienced. And, and again, like I said, that I, I believe the score was like, uh, what was it, like uh, 40 or 49 or 45 to 70 or something like that. I mean, that I think that large point gap just there kind of shows St. Peter's just kind of died at the end there. And I, I hate to say that. I, I think you yeah. mean 90% of March Madness fans wanted St. Peter's to go all the way. Oh. Yeah, I'd go 90 – well, yeah, I'd go 95, and then 5% could be the state of North Carolina yes, in the, yes. the Tar Heel region. But <laughs> even though it ended that way for St. Peter's, I mean, it's nothing to hang their head about. I mean, the the sheer, like, magnitude of that, those repeated upsets and rising to the challenges of beating Kentucky, yeah. who, you know, perennial – championship favorite perennial let's get the top five recruits in the nation they play murray state they won 30 games this year uh you know nothing to be scoffed about there they beat a good san francisco team and then you're taking on purdue who's you know like one of the top scoring teams in the nation way bigger than you same type of resources that those other two teams have yeah and you beat all those teams and you provided the conversation nationwide, the entire tournament. I mean, all, you know, you could be in any other game, you're talking about what's happening with the St. Peter's situation. When you're with your friends and you're talking about March Madness, the first topic that comes up is the St. Peter's situation. So if you're a part of that program, if you're part of that school, I mean, that's a tremendous sense of pride of, you guys did that, and that'll be remembered forever. I mean, when when something happens in, you know, March Madness or the NCAA that has never happened before, that's a huge, huge uh, moment. Yeah. Because the, it's been around for forever. So if you can have a huge moment like that, and hopefully because of this run that, you know, like the school is able to get a little more funding for the basketball program and you know, new weight rooms, new, just new opportunities based on that just incredible run. And, you know, hopefully it's paving the path for St. Peter's to be 
a more relevant name moving forward and then paving the path for future 15, 16, 14 seeds as well. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about opportunities and I just read like right before we jumped on, but the head coach of uh, St. Peter's is now the new head coach at Seton That's right. Hall. Yeah. So, I mean, Where talking about opportunities, school. it just, it shows, it shows what platform March Madness is for any program. And it, and, and I hate to say this program and coaches, right? Like uh, to bring a 15 seed to the, uh, you know, sweet 16. I mean, come on, man. I mean, look at that. That's elite just, eight even. yeah. Elite <laughs> eight. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. you know, it, it shows, I mean, look, I would say 80% of that is the kids too, but I, I just, show, I don't know. It, it, like you said, it brings a lot of opportunities, but again, it shows how magical March Madness is in a sense of what the results of even not even making it to the final game can do for your school. Uh, moving into the NFL, as you texted me, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about this. This is such Never, bullshit. But I have a nice little spin zone about this. Not that I'm excited. It has nothing to do with the Lions at all. It has more to do – so what we're talking about, uh, Hard Knocks got announced – that the Detroit Lions will be the team covered this year. Um, so my my piece on it is I think Hard Knocks is gone because we covered it last year with the the Cowboys. I feel like Hard Knocks has gone way down in terms of uh, like the type of stuff they cover and the type of insight they provide. It's very like surface level. Yes. You don't get to really see what's going on unless you're into Ezekiel Elliott wrapping a gift for – Dak Prescott I mean it's like it's like that type of stuff where they're almost like let's put Ezekiel Elliott in a room and like have him wrap something it's like that's not what he's doing on the day-to-day basis I don't care about that um so Detroit Detroit it honestly could be an interesting storyline but I don't see hard I don't know what hard knocks does with it but let's I'd love to hear what you got on it Because I right. know you're very unhappy about this. Oh, yeah. Hard Knocks is <laughs> a shit show now. They are a dumpster yeah. fire. Based off of Cowboys season last year, it – I mean, even the previous season with the Raiders, you know, it just – there's storylines and – what's up? I feel like we don't get to see the same type of storyline with guys making the team and certainly don't get to see the same storyline as the star, the stars already on the team. The Lions yeah. won't have that problem because they don't have any stars on the team. No, they have – yeah, I, I – okay. 90% of me is saying this is going to suck. 10% of me is going to say, hey, maybe this is kind of interesting because they don't have anybody that's really big on their team. And – I think they are going to try and – I don't know where their draft ranking is this season, but I think they might try and take a quarterback. Who knows? They um, are two overall. Yeah, so – Classic lines. Yeah, and let's put it this way. I mean, I would take a quarterback, you know. I, I don't think who they have at their fucking helm right now is going to do anything. <laughs> but I think the big thing that – I think the big push from the NFL Network to do – the Lions was Dan Campbell. That that's it right there. That is there. I want to see this guy. He's electric. I want to see what he's like in the locker room. And 
I think a lot of people already just want to see that. So that I understand. But the issue is, is, and you brought it up, what we saw last year with the Cowboys, and again, I don't want to get too much into hard knocks, but what we saw last year with the Cowboys, I don't give a fuck about Ezekiel Elliott wrapping a goddamn present for Z, for Dak. That, that means shit. <laughs> or them playing chess. Like, that is horrible. Show me the ins and outs of, you know, off-season training. I mean, show me that stuff. And like you said, I think early on with hard knocks is we got to understand as fans about guys that didn't even make the team, just their, their grind, their, their day in and day out shit that they had to deal with along with what the coaches had to deal with. Like, Hey, how are we starting this? How are we doing this? I mean, I remember hard knocks with the jets and I remember Rex Ryan. Fantastic. That was a great year. I remember Rex Ryan specifically saying like, Hey, you know what? We need to start a fight at practice. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the, the the morale of practice has been way down and he's going into the offensive line coach going who on your old line would start a fight oh i got you know dale and just that kind of stuff that that is the kind of stuff that i want to see i don't want to see someone getting proposed to i want to see the shit that goes on with the nfl and yeah no i i hear you we're sending this whole clip to the nfl network learn your shit yeah well and and that's what you talked about with dan campbell being the the main personality that they're going to focus on that was exactly what rex ryan brought to the the jets year and uh you know in the earlier days too they covered way more of the team so i think the ravens is one of the first and the one that we always talk about on here and that covered a lot of you know ray lewis shan sharp and they kind of like ran the show tony saragusa of uh you know how that show was gonna run and now it's much more like hollywood and much more like we already know you're gonna watch it so we're not gonna put that much effort into the storyline other than you know like the games are cool because you can you're on the sideline basically but it's just it's just not the same uh due diligence i guess of guys trying to make the team and then especially in Detroit situation of you guys have been terrible forever. So I want to see like what that process is. If you are going to be bad, it's like, how do you end that way when you come in knowing that you were bad last year and that there's something to prove and you should be, you know, hungry as shit to make that change, especially if you're the head coach and your life's on the line in that city specifically. Yeah. Did, and I correct me. And I don't know if you remember this, but did, did the Cowboys even show like the rookie show last year? Yeah, exactly. And the rookie show has gotten so much. Cool. And maybe that's – I feel like that's because they don't want to go all out either, uh, like the player side. But it's – I mean, it, it used to be way funnier. But I guess yeah, like that depends Frank on the Caliendo. personalities you got. But, yeah, like I, I, like I, the one that comes to mind is uh, the Cleveland Browns. When they did it, it was so bad. And that's probably okay. Baker's fault. But... <laughs> I mean, Baker sucks. But, but it was – they're very like corny jokes and it like it's like just get it over with like what are we doing here i think i think the the funniest well the most recent you know just something that i remember that was funny about any type of hard knocks or memorable spot was when frank caliendo came in and was acting like i mean (laughs) that's like you know knock you know knock if you're with me and the whole place starts yeah i mean that kind of that's the kind of stuff you know 
that's funny. Or when they had the Patriots, 100%. when Randy Ma- when Randy Moss was on the Patriots and they did a costume party and he went in and they sat down and him and Bill Belichick had a conversation like, hey, we're going to have a costume party. Yeah. <laughs> You can, time as, you can come as come at what come as whatever you want, and Bill Belichick shows up in a full pirate outfit. I mean, come on, like yeah, that's that's the shit we need. And then another one I'm thinking is the Texans, just a random linebacker had Bill O'Brien's the impression down to a T, yes. and it was so funny. Even the, even the face he had in the meeting room, and of course, all those guys know exactly all his you know idiosyncrasies. So. Yeah, what do you remember moments like that? Yeah, I even remember. I mean, now this is turning into like I remember about hard knocks, like all the good stuff. It's like I remember what (laughs) exactly. I remember too. I I think it was. I can't remember what year it was, but uh, or what team it was. But I'm pretty sure they like taped a rookie to the goalpost and like Adam upset. Do you remember that? And I'm going. This is the kind of stuff. I, I mean. You know, I don't remember what team that was. PC, quote unquote, but right. that's the kind of stuff. And I, I, I hate to say <laughs> this, but this is the kind of stuff that, as fans, we want to see a part of. But again, that might be right. Like the NFL just trying to protect themselves from the locker rooms' antics, if you will. I mean, again, I yeah. would rather see that. And I think, as football fans and football players, the remembrance of that locker room atmosphere that's the kind of stuff that i think we as true football fans want to be a part of is like that is some shit we would do you know like yeah absolutely as football (laughs) guys we want to like take me back to those moments and then since you're on such a high stage like it should even be magnified you know oh you don't Um, you don't remember wrapping a present for you know (laughs) Yeah. on the team and i'm and so, i never wrapped a present for you and i apologize for it. yeah 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 you wrap a, a forty thousand dollar <laughs> bag and give it to me you know like come if on. i had done that you would have gone what are you doing get out of here get out of here <laughs> it could have put a strain in our relationship oh so. it who knows if we could have been here <laughs> right exactly <laughs> uh going back to march madness though so we're in the final four and then uh, Monday will be the national championship. So next episode, we'll be going over the championship. But the final four matchups this Saturday, we got Duke and UNC and Villanova, Kansas. It might be Friday or Saturday, so don't hold me to that. But it's an easy ESPN app check away. I think, they're both, I think they're both on Saturday. Okay. So, I'll, you know, I, I should have stuck with my, to my guns. All but, right. um, so first ever time Duke and UNC are playing – in March Madness, Coach K's last run, you know, the the foundation is laid by the NCAA, so to speak. So, who do you like in the Duke UNC match? I this game, I'll I'll be honest, I'm uh, I am so torn, and I'm think I'm torn one because I would like to see Coach K and Duke you know, push it through. I, I, I would really like to see that. But on the other hand, I've always had this, I don't know why I've had this little soft spot for UNC. Um, one, I think it's because of Michael Jordan. And I think that is just, that kind of is pushing me with it. Um, I do think though, that just with, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. 
I, I, this game can go either way. I think oh, yeah. both Duke and uh, UNC, I think they both played exceptional games um, in the Elite Eight. I think, uh, you know, how Duke played against uh, Arkansas, I think they played really well. Um, you know, of course, UNC and St. Peter's, I, I that just like we've talked about already, just kind of stepping on the gas. But I think the Arkansas and the Duke game was just, you know, I thought Arkansas was a, I mean, they are a great team. And I thought they were, you know, battling really hard there against UN, or excuse me, um, against Duke. And I, again, I think, I think this game could go either way. Who I, I, I really don't know who I want to win. I, I, I'm, I'm here, you know? Yeah. I think it's what probably most people would say is that it's a definite toss up. There's also so many like underlying factors of, of it being coach K's final run. And if you remember Duke's last home game was ruined by North Carolina beating him. So the whole like ceremony and all the coach K accolades and all like the partying they were going to do was, you know, ruined basically because they got smoked by North Carolina. Coach K's interview after the game, like this is not how it was. It was an, it was an awkward hour for all of us. (laughs) I felt bad for him. Like that's that's such a horrible thing to have to deal with. Like, Hey, and that's, I think that's what I like about coach K so much is he told his fans, like, this is not us. Right. This is, you know, he, he, he is a coach. I'm going to tell you how it is. Like, we didn't play how we should have played. This is not a direct representation of who we are. And those are verbatim what he said. And I love that. And the reason I bring it up is because now you got the chance to rectify what disaster happened yes. know, a month ago or whatever. So that that's always a really interesting component, I think, when you talk about rematches and rivalries is when you get got, I mean, it hurts. It hurts badly. And in that situation, I mean, there's so many special factors that make it suck. Um, But once again, it's like Duke is the higher seed. They're, you know, on this Coach K thing. So UNC could even be thinking, well, we're still the underdog in this situation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. And they, so they're, they're one and one this year versus each other. And you know, comes down to this in the final four. I can't believe they've never played each other before. That seems really strange for two of like the top programs. For how much history those teams have, that's surprising. Yeah. So I don't. It's. I think it's kind of a. And look, Duke's been playing very well. I thought in the beginning of the year when I'm watching them play in the ACC, I'm going they're you know, they're beating Wake Forest by two points at home. They're beating NC State by like six. They must not be that good. But I will say they've turned it up to another level in this tournament where they've beaten good teams. And like you said, Arkansas is a very formidable opponent. And, you know, they're going to get out and run. Uh, I think UNC is on a nice run too. I mean, they're scoring a lot of points and uh, they just look like they're in sync as a team. So, Rivalry games, you can pretty much throw all that out the window. Yeah. I've always had an inclination for rooting for North Carolina over Duke ever since I was a kid. Oh, there you go. I don't know why. I think you just watch the game and you just pick one of them and then you stick with that forever. So I, I'm i going to go with North Carolina, but I expect it. it's going to come down to like the final five minutes, I would say. I mean, I would say that's a great pick, you know. 
I appreciate that. that. <laughs> I'm over here like I don't even know because yeah. it's so hard. You know, I'm. I'll tell you this though. I'm excited to watch it. I like that the final four carries that kind of weight. Yeah. Um, but you know, if this is Coach Coach K's last run and you're playing North Carolina, you get a chance to knock him out for all the marbles. That that you know you. you <laughs> what better opportunity do you want as a coach and as a team to live up to that legacy that he's built? So if coach Montali was here, <laughs> you would have some conspiracy theory that would say oh, that yeah. the NCAA would get coach K to the final game. Yeah. And you know what? That's not a bad argument. I don't, <laughs> you know, I'd have to hear his, I'd have to hear his resources and oh yeah, know, what he's got cooking in the lab, but <laughs> I don't hate that uh, argument. Nope. But in the other game, uh, Villanova, Kansas, what are you thinking? Uh, I, think I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's just a tough – it's a tough side. And the reason I say that is because, you know, the Villanova and the Houston game, from what I saw, like, that game was just so – low and I, I I don't know why I say that but I well I do I, I think it was just what I saw from those games was just I felt like they were kind of trying to figure each other out the whole game and I think it kind of shows with the results right I mean I don't think I don't even think they broke 60 points for both those teams and again good defensive battle but again missing shots, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, a lot of missed shots. yeah, I, I don't know. It felt like they were kind of ebb and flows, if you will. I, I, again, I, that was where I'm at. I mean, I, that's just how I saw that game kind of going again. I, I, it was a good game, but Villanova going into the final four that the way they played was kind of, nah, you know, well, I, I guess non Villanova. There you go. That's the best way of saying it. That was a lot of like bullshit around that answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best when you, you call yourself on something that you don't Oh, I have to. I'm said. like, why am I prolonging what I'm trying right. to say? <laughs> um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, Kansas looked mortal in the first half versus Miami and then just took it to a completely different planet in the second half. Man. So, that team shows up; they can beat just about anybody. Um, it's tough Which to is play, expected, right? Right. That's the you know the blueprint, I guess. If you're Bill Self in Kansas, is they haven't been back in a while either, so I, there's definitely that hunger of like yes. we haven't done this in a long time. Villanova's had recent success, but I don't think that you know takes away from you know this game and this matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanova is going to be out one of their, their top guys. So that's someone to consider, but I mean, that just presents another opportunity for a guy who doesn't get as much playing time to have a huge impact and for not that much scouting to be uh, available for how to guard him. So whoever that is, I mean, that's a huge moment for him. Uh, Again, the final four, I don't see it being a blowout. These are two teams two programs that have been in these situations a million times whether it's the big east or big 12 you know conference play or the championship of their uh conference 
um, or just the, the history of these big games in March Madness. These coaches have seen it all, and I think they're going to be, you know, prepared for each other's biggest punches. Um, I mean, if Kansas, but if Kansas, again, goes on a run like they did in the second half versus Miami, then, I mean, then they're, I'm talking national champs type stuff. If you're going to yeah. put together repeated performances of that type of shooting and defense and, you know, that's a championship caliber performance. So I'm actually going to take Kansas in this one. I was going to take Kansas um, as well. Just based on how they played. And I get they played Miami, but it was also close and they were losing for a good portion of the first half and into halftime. Uh, so that response, I think, showed a lot of, you know, grit and that they're the last one seed remaining. And I think they're standing for a reason. They probably feel a little disrespected that they're the the final one seed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really hoping that these games are kind of what we saw earlier in the, the tournament of, you know, buzzer beer type stuff. And obviously – all the stuff that the peanut craves when he's watching sports. Keep me on the edge of my seat. That's right. Especially when I don't have a dog in the fight. Just give me some good shit to watch. I think I think the Villanova-Kansas game is going to be the closer of the two games. I think it could, like you said, I think it could come down to a buzzer beater um, type of scenario with the, that, that game. And I think, like you said, as March Madness fans, we want that. So it's I'm excited. I think they're gonna gonna be two good games. Yeah. And whoever comes out of those those uh two matchups is gonna present a phenomenal championship game oh, between yeah. whatever two programs make it out is you know historically great college basketball program. So yeah, I'm excited to see what uh what happens, man. I would love to see either four of those teams just go, you know. Like the matchups are just yeah, North Carolina Villanova rematch would be awesome. Oh yeah, I, I think I think it's just so interesting with March Madness, like you said. Like you can remember those rematches, you can remember those. You know, every there there's a story with every game, and I think that's awesome about that. So yeah, love that. But okay, look, episode twelve, another one in the books. We are ripping baby. You know, it's pretty awesome that this is the second year we're in sports banter, and now I'm starting to revisit, like, last year's March Madness conversation, and it is similar in a way, but this year we got St. Peter's involved, and that is just a phenomenal gift from the basketball gods. That's right. So shout out to them. <laughs> Get the yeah, covered, line. Yeah, baby. Covered the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. We're looking into the final four, but before we got into that, we're talking Lions, Hard Knocks, little NFL preview. Polar Bear's out, but he's still going to watch. Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm like lukewarm on it, but I'll definitely watch because what else are you going to do on a Wednesday night? <laughs> did you, just on that, did you watch any of the Colts stuff? I did, actually. The in-season stuff, I would say, is much better than really? the preseason stuff. I, I didn't yeah. give that a chance. I thought it was great because – actually, I'm glad you brought that up because they covered it kind of like a week behind. So you got to see oh, the great. preparation of, like, the game that you already knew the result of. And then oh, okay. You could kind of – especially when they lost to Jacksonville at the end of the year uh, to miss the playoffs. It was like, how did this go down? Like, 
am I going to, could I pick up any cues of like how they were doing stuff or how they were preparing? Um, so that was at the end season was a great, great move on their part. And maybe it's because they understand that the preseason stuff is not that great. <laughs> did you see what the Colts owner said? I don't I know. Did. That was, I mean, I think he's spot on, right? <laughs> I do too, but no, I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're an owner of a team, it's tough to just call another team like the worst in the league. But yeah, he's not wrong. I, I, I mean, they literally have the first pick. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, that I'm all for that. But my thing is, is like the Colts don't really have that much of a foot to stand on either. I I would say they're better than the better than the Jags right now, but. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely better than the Jags. I think it was more of a dig at Carson Wentz and the reason why they traded for Matt Ryan, honestly, because he, he was – he was the quote I saw was basically he was saying, uh, you know, if you're going down to a team like Jacksonville early, like you can't be packing your bags early. Like we need our leader to get our guys back up, and there's no excuse for that. Like I don't want to hear it, basically. And, I mean, Ursa is kind of a wild card to begin with, but – I don't hate that he was that honest about it. Yeah. Maybe that hurt Carson Wentz feeling, but Carson Wentz kind of stinks. So we'll watch him disappear when he, you know, leads the commanders to like six wins this year. So he's going to get hurt. Harsh take from the peanut, but look, he's not that good. And he's, he's He's definitely one of those quarterbacks that, you know, is going to be recycled and you'll be remembered as kind of like a Mark Brunel, like, you know, kind of good, had his moments, which was in Philly, you know, that one year, and then he got hurt, and then Foles had his own moment of winning the actual Super Bowl. So if that's your best year in your career. I don't know. I Carson mean, Wentz Carson Wentz reminds me of, like, Chad Pennington with the Jets. It's just exactly. Like, it's just like, who is yeah, he was, he was okay, but nothing really happened. Yeah, and then when, yeah, yeah, right? Okay, there's a perfect example. He is like Chad Pennington because – when he was at the Jets, he was okay. And then he got traded to Miami like he was this prodigal son. Like, he's going to lift up. He came from the Jets. He's going to lift Miami up. Yeah. It's like you make the playoffs a few times. You miss them a few times. You had some good plays. You had some bad plays. That's And then you're, like, 36 and nobody wants you anymore. So, yeah. but he's I think that's where we're going with Carson Wentz. A little impromptu Carson Wentz, uh, Jim Irsay <laughs> thing there. I like that. Um <laughs> But more exciting, final four this weekend, Duke-UNC, first time ever. Got to love that. Is Coach Gay going to come out on top, or is North Carolina going to smoke him one last time? I mean, either way that goes, that's a huge moment for either program. Oh, I agree. Because if you're you're North Carolina, you just ruin that entire moment for Duke. And then if you're Duke, you you obviously rose to adversity and the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) And then Villanova-Kansas in the other game. Um not really sure how that's going to look. No. Uh, especially with Villanova's uh, shooting guard out. Kansas looked really good. We'll see if they got the stuff it takes to make to take it to the championship game. But that is it for episode 12. Sports Ranger, what do you got? Or, well, Whoa. what do you got for the Sports Ranger <laughs> people? <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, jump on to uh, Instagram. Uh, we got our Instagram page running hot. Uh, we also on our Instagram page, we also have our link tree, which has got our YouTube channel, has got our blog, has all of our streaming services for where we have our podcast. Um, yeah, just give us some likes and follows. Again, 
you know, we wouldn't be here without sports, but also all of our fans as well. So jumping in. <laughs> Absolutely love it. But for season two, episode 12, Sports Banter, out. Oh.